The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good afternoon, everybody. It is currently about 4.50 p.m. on Thursday, February 29th, 2024. We have the Leap Year Day, which is kind of cool. Uh, we had a five-match slate this morning. Uh, we'll start with the LPL. Uh, Fun Plus Phoenix with a 2-0 upset win over Ninjas in Pajamas. There were a few really, really close skirmish situations early in both games that went Fun Plus's way, and they managed to fairly cleanly snowball this into two wins. Um you know, if any of those skirmishes go differently, these are probably very, very close games and competitive games, but FPX have shown an ability to, you know, really capitalize on early advantages. This team's legit. Uh, you know, I don't think this was as much of a blowout as the box score shows because, like, uh, go back and watch the first, like, 10 minutes of both these games really hinged on some things that, that were very, very close. Could have gone either way, and... You know, this just as easily could have gone to NIP 2-0, and no warden shocked me. Um, that said, FPX were a, a big stake from us. It was essentially a triple stake, huge win for Fun Plus from uh, uh, for our betting portfolios anyway. Um, highlight real series from Milky Way, but I thought Duck Dome was excellent uh, the whole series as well. The the Senna game was great. Um, don't th- I don't hold any of this against NIP. Again, it was two close situations that FPX just snowballed out. EDG, OMG. OMG shit stomped the first game, and they looked well on their way to winning game two before another huge throw allowed EDG to get back into the game and eventually win it. Um, yeah, got really, really lucky. This should have been a 2-0 stomping. Like, OMG could have won that second game in probably 25 minutes if they didn't bungle it. Um Game three was looking in EDG's favor and was actually looking like maybe we'd get our money line home uh, before Vampire, who uh, he got subbed in after game one, by the way. They subbed the new guy out. Got picked off trying to make uh, set up some plays for brand combos. Abel Tristana picked up two kills off the back of one of these, and it was off to the races from there. They just couldn't really recover from that. A lot of slop in this series. Uh, the, the game one was pretty clean from OMG, but the second and third games were just complete hot messes from both teams. Game th- the game two throw was egregious. It was pretty bad. wasn't as bad as RA yesterday, but yeah, I don't know. O- OMG remained kind of a feast or famine team. EDG still look pretty bad, but at least have a little bit of fight in them, and that they're you know they're not going to roll over and die, which is good. Uh, Weibo versus anyone's legend. We had you know one way traffic for Weibo in game one, one way traffic for anyone's legend in game two. Um, game three was looking really, really good for Weibo before they kind of bungled a dragon setup and anyone's legend turned this, uh, turned this around. They turned the corner and never looked back off the bank of, uh, Shanks picking up a few kills on Tristana. They played a Ziggs Malbot, which was kind of interesting in this one too. Uh, LCK, these were obviously recorded. Um, they are playing them, I believe in the studio. They're playing in the studio, not remote but without a crowd. So again, weird semi like coming out of COVID kind of vibe going on here until the DDoS stuff gets figured out. They're going to be doing this the rest of the week. Uh, most of the market making books haven't posted lines. I'll talk about that in a minute. D plus first. Uh, okay. Bring on savings. D plus completely shit stomped. Game one was almost a perfect game. Um, the only really interesting thing about this match was seeing Siver plus Yumi from Brion. I haven't seen a ton of Yumi yet this season outside of that goofy Ramus Yumi game in the LPL. 
Kingan also played Smolder Top, which was kind of interesting. I haven't seen that in a solo lane yet. Um, pretty decisive win from D+, though. It was one-way traffic both games. Nongshim versus DRX. I lean toward Nongshim in this one. DRX probably should have 2-0'd this one. They threw a 4,800 uh, 4, gold lead at 25 minutes in game one off of a pretty big error. You know, they didn't hold serve against the scaling smolder. They had a big enough lead to, to jam this one home before the scaling kicked in. But once they kind of fucked up, it was over. Um, Nongshim turned the corner. Game two, Nongshim had a small lead through 20, but it was a similar thing where I thought DRX had the scaling and they couldn't hold serve and kept it close enough. Game three was a one-way stomping from DRX. Um, notably, Kiehu got subbed in after game one for DRX. I'm not sure if this was because of the mistakes he made in game one or if just because he's been playing pretty badly overall or if they were just giving him some experience while there wasn't an audience there and they were like, yeah, whatever, why not? This is a lost season anyway. But just something to keep in mind, especially for DFS players moving forward. Uh, overall, this was a huge update, plus six units, or back, up more than six units, really, mostly off the back of that triple stake, Fun Plus 2-0, which was all, well, it wasn't literally on the 2-0, but Fun Plus getting there through a spread out triple stake was very, very nice. Moving on to the Friday slate, we have the LPL uh, 3 Gamer, Week 5, Day 5, LGD Gaming, plus 918 on the money line, plus 1.5 mass at plus 245, minus 1.5 at plus 1849, against Billy Billy Gaming, minus 1600 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 314. Uh, Billy Billy, obviously one of the better teams in the league. Uh, they're coming off of a bit of a competitive, a couple a weird stretch here with uh, the JDG match and um, the, the emotional win against JDG and then the weird coming off the break against um, Invictus 0-2. LGD have been a team that forces game three all the time. They're 6-1 and one against the map spread as underdogs despite being 1-6 outright as underdogs. Um, LGD, as we've discussed quite a bit over the last two weeks really, are a force parity team. They are very, very good at keeping games close. They are not very good at actually winning games of League of Legends. They're okay at that. This team is definitely better than their overall match record. So, like, any kind of ELO rating is going to have a tough time with this team. But you look at their performance data, this isn't a terrible team. If In fact, I would probably put this team as, like, a borderline playoff team. You know, ninth or 10th. You know, somewhere between 9 and 12. I think LGD are you know, better than I thought they'd be, and I think they're probably better than most of the Dumpster Fire tier teams. Like, I think they're better than Rare Adam and Ultra Prime and all those. So, um, LGD are going to have side choice for the series. This is a massive number. Obviously, Billy Billy are one of the elite teams. They're very, very good, but LGD are very good at keeping games close, and they're going to have side choice at least once in this series, hopefully twice for our sake. Uh, I like LGD on side. Like, when they have side choice, um, they have a... What is it? Um, they have... I mean, they only have a 33% win rate in games with side selection. They're actually kind of better offside. But I just like the idea of them in game one here. Uh, they're going to have a good plan for this, I'm sure. Like I said, they're very good at maintaining parity in games. Um, their average margin of defeat is on the larger end of things. But um, in general, if you like look at a lot of their games, especially against the good teams, and especially recently, they've been doing a really good job of keeping things close in gold. Hasn't really been getting home in the kill totals necessarily, or they haven't been covering kill spreads at a great clip. But um, they are doing a really, really good job keeping games close, and I think eventually that'll re uh, regress back to regress back to closer kill games. So I took map one LGD plus ten and a half kills at minus one sixteen for one unit. Map one LGD money line plus four thirteen for point two units. I also played the over four and a half dragons at plus one twenty seven 
for one unit each on maps one and two. Uh, the idea here is, you know, they they keep games close. More Almost 60% of their games go over four and a half dragons. Billy Billy have had an elite early game, but when they don't blow the early game out, the games kind of tend to falter a little bit. Wouldn't shock me to see Billy Billy blow LGD out in at least one of these, but, you know, if you if we split, we still take home the 27 cents. Otherwise, um, you know, there's upside to a nice win there. Second match, um, top esports, minus 516 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 123 in, against Invictus Gaming, plus 377 on the money line, plus 1.5 at plus 101, minus 1.5 at plus 951. So, obviously, top esports had that bizarre game three bungle against fun plus where they traded baron for the base it was a good call from fpx kind of a weird decision from um top esports not to recall anyone besides the akali who can't wave clear but you know strange things happen and you know even good teams will have like one or two dumb mistakes like that over the course of a season really top esports have been pretty fundamentally sound all year which is amazing for a team with jackie love on it but um yeah, they've been very, very good this season. That was just a weird mistake. And also, Fun Plus are good. So, you know, give give some credit to Fun Plus there, too. I think, obviously, we can see that now. They've now, you know, luckily, but they have gotten a win over top, and they just decisively 2-0'd um, Ninjas and Pajamas, although those were close, too. Maybe maybe running a little bit lucky for FPX here. Anyway, Phoenix Sun running, right? Uh, I played the top esports minus one and a half maps here at minus 123 for one unit. Uh, I'm going against my model on this. The model makes this price a little bit shorter, but I think top have side choice. And Invictus are kind of a strange team because it's they're very much still a the way this team goes, the way Yushinomi goes. And if he's not in an advantageous matchup or winning really hard, then they kind of just look, you know, honestly below average. Um, I've liked I like the Leanne edition. They've been playing pretty well recently. They did get an upset win against another elite top laner in Bin, uh, but that was coming off the Lunar New Year break. Three six nine is an even tougher challenge, and I think the way top esports are playing right now, it's it's tough to want to go against this team. This have enough of a pulse, I, you know. I think they could potentially steal one here, but I just don't think their early game is consistent enough to really want to get involved with them. Like when they do get ahead early, it's usually pretty. You know, they, they land an uppercut and it's effective and, you know, they blow the game open. But they don't do that very often. And I think people kind of remember the good, like, the good games from them and not the all the other ones where they're just kind of, like, miring in mediocrity, essentially. So uh, it's possible they get creative and get one here, but I think I think Top Esports probably just 2-0 this one. So I actually just laid the chalk. Uh, top Esports minus 1.5, minus 123 for one unit. Uh, I have a feeling these are going to be fast games as well. Top have been a pretty quick team. I would lean neutrals under as well. Didn't end up playing any of them, though. Next up, we have JDG. Minus 1369 on the money line. Minus 1.5 maps at minus 250 against Thundershock Gaming. Plus 818 on the money line. Plus 1.5 maps at plus 200. Minus 1.5 at plus 1638. Thundertalk are not good, but they are a forced parity team. And they keep games within striking distance. Um... JDG kind of the opposite. Uh, JDG have been kind of figuring themselves out. I think JDG are actually playing exceptionally well in their games, even though they're drafting stuff that's very execution-heavy and difficult to pull off. Uh, and they've done that against good and bad teams, and they're playing well. It's just, you know, if this team ever finds an identity and really simplifies things for themselves, I think they're going to be legit. They're they're on the right path. You know, I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's, I'm just kind of affirming to people that, they are on the right path. I think they're going to get there eventually. And, um, you know, 
they'll probably be challenging for a title eventually. I didn't play anything in this one. Uh, TT are kind of like they've been a force parity team overall, but if you look at like they're like since the new Lunar New Year, they're kind of the opposite. Like they're slowly morphing into a more volatile team. You know, they're taking their chances early and either it's working or it's not. Um, and right now, like they haven't really had a significant deficit at 20 very often, but they're pushing right up against the threshold for where, like where I grade that. And like, they're, they're just morphing into a more volatile team. I don't know if that's just because the schedule is getting harder, but like they had like a competitive game against Weibo and they kept the game two against Billy Billy close in their last match. But other than that, they've been God awful. And, you know, they have four game wins outside of outside of that, and it's all against two of them were against Ultra Prime, one against Rare Adam, who suck. And yeah, by the way, this team lost to Rare Adam. Keep that in mind. And then they got one against IG. But yeah, I don't know. If you made me pick something in this, I would play JDG minus one and a half maps, or maybe map two Thunder Talk plus nine and a half kills. But like, I'm not. You have to pay the premium for it. I'm not paying the premium right now. But that's where I would lean if you made me pick one. Moving on to the LCK, just a reminder, um, none of the market-making books, like the good ones, are floating numbers on this because it's being played remote. Uh, a couple of the square shops are. That's where I got these lines from, so take that with a grain of salt. I think today, like most of these are from Bet365, so again, grain of salt. They don't really let sharp players play there, so it's the only place I saw that was floating lines for these. So, One Life Esports, minus 1,600 on the money line, minus 1.5 at minus 275. Fear X, plus 700 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 200, minus 1.5 at plus 1,100. Um, Hama Life, flawless, almost, as favorites. Nongshim got them once. I think it was Nongshim, if I remember right. 8-0 uh, straight up, 7-1 against the map spread. We know the deal with the Samwa team. They shit-stomp teams that aren't good teams. And, um, you know, Fear X are kind of the opposite. They used to be a punch-up underdog. They have not been this season. They were 0-8 as underdogs, 1-7 against the map spread as underdogs. I went against my model's recommendation. Model says that, you know, my model's basically saying Hama aren't as good as they, they are, and I happen to agree with that. But against bad teams, they are. Uh, if you look at like their performance grades against bad teams, they're actually like one of the best teams in the world. Um, and Fearx have not been great against good teams either. So um, I didn't, you know. Oh, you know, I didn't actually end up pulling the trigger on this. So I didn't end up playing this. If you made me play this, I would just like lay the chalk with Hanwha because they just they almost always two of these bad teams. Um, Fearx are capable of explosive starts, but like they often falter in the mid game. They don't have a great closing rate, which is another thing you want to look for against Hanwha. Like, cause you basically need to play a clean game against them and they're going to punish you if you don't. So, uh, I don't think Fearx have shown a lot of cleanliness. They're scrappy. They can win games. They're, they're not terrible, but they have not shown an ability to play clean league of legends. So they do not warrant consideration against Hanwha Life Esports. It's that simple. Second match is Gen G minus three fifty on the money line minus one and a half maps at plus one hundred. KT Rolster plus two fifty on the money line plus one and a half at minus one thirty eight minus one and a half at plus six hundred. Gen G nine and one is favorites. Eight and two against the map spread. KT Rolster two and three is underdogs. Three and two against the map spread. Uh, we know the deal here. Um, Gen G are a little bit sloppier than Hanwha Life Esports, but I think their upside's a lot higher, and they can actually beat the good teams, just stylistically how they play. They're a little tiny bit more prone to egoing a little bit, if that makes sense. 
But uh, I still think this is like, like KT. Normally, with the volatile team like KT, you want to back them as big dogs and fade them as big favorites, and they are big dogs here. But Gen G, this is kind of similar to the T one KT handicap, where I just think like they're not the KT aren't going to beat these elite teams consistently. Like they're just not. I'm not playing this because of the the weird pre recorded aspect of it. If you made me play this match, I would probably play the Gen like just play Gen G on the money line. I think it's possible KT high roll and get a game here, but like I'd probably just play like lay the three fifty and you know try to make thirty cents on this. Like I don't see Gen G losing this series unless KT you know crit hit twice, double twenty of them. Um, maybe double eighteen plus. I'll say because like they can they can do that. KT have done that before. We've seen this from this team. They're a volatile team. When they play well, they're good, but when they play bad, they're very bad. And there's not a whole lot of in the middle. So I like um Genji on the money line. If you maybe play anything, I didn't end up playing anything. I also like kill total overs in this one. Uh, both these teams project over, and KT tend to be feisty against these big against the teams better than them. So, um. I could see that being the case. I also think it could get a little bit loosey-goosey, but I don't know. They're playing in the stadium with no crowd. I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. It's possible we get a KT upset, but again, I'd lean Genji on the money line. That's going to be it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Hit me up on Twitter. If you want an invite to the Sports Department Discord, hit me up privately. Uh, DM me on Twitter or on Patreon or wherever, and I will get you a link to that. Until then, I will see you tomorrow. Uh, we have a five-gamer on Saturday as well as the um, LCS starting back up. So I will see you tomorrow.